Exodus chapter 20, and I'm, I'm just going to read the first three verses, and then we'll get into the first commandment today. The Bible says, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Remember, we went over really what could have been classified as the preamble um, a couple weeks ago about reminding us who this is that's doing the speaking. And then reminding not just who he is, but what he did for them. And I believe that that would be well to remember in our hearts, in our lives, about who he is and what he's done for us when there's a command from the Lord. And uh, someone's going to be coming in outside. But we, we look at these things and understand, because I believe sometimes we approach it with the subject matter of, well, who does he think he is? telling me, well, that's God, okay? And, uh, and so when we look at this, understand. Now, I don't believe there's anything that's probably more publicized across our nation in public arenas than there are the Ten Commandments. Now, as we think about this, now we walked in as we were down at the Capitol and uh, meeting with the, the uh, staffers from our New Hampshire delegation. We were given a couple passes, had a couple hours before our next appointment, so we were able to get into the House Gallery, and uh, they were in session, all nine people sitting in there while the entire house is in session. And uh, so as we sat there, you look around, you see the architect and the, uh, the architecture and the history of the place. Right up above there, here it is, is the big statement, in God we trust. And you walk around D.C., it's amazing how it's engraved in granite and marble, soapstone, soap all over the place, the Ten Commandments, principles of the Word of God. And so they're so publicized. But then we know why there's an attack against taking them out of public places is because I believe this, the conviction that always comes. Well, why can't we have the Ten Commandments in the, the Senate or the House of Representatives? Because that one, thou shalt not steal, just doesn't set right, okay, in the office of law. And so we see these things, and these Ten Commandments, probably the most popular, and it's listed here, and we're going to take them one by one, because some even go to the extreme and say, well, this doesn't apply to us today, because this was given to the nation of Israel, and it was a physical law for a physical people that God was given. Well, Lord willing, by the next 11 weeks worth of preaching through these things, you'll understand that the principles and what's given is just as relevant and real today as it was 4,000 years ago. So verse number three, commandment number one, understanding thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, understanding that the, that the Lord is speaking here, there is a people that is set apart by God, and that is the nation of Israel. We looked at that in the first two verses where he said that he's the God which brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So here's a physical people. Does anybody remember what mountain Moses is on, Mike? 
Sinai, and receiving this from the Lord. And uh, now, if you think your Bible is too heavy to be able to carry, can you imagine the Lord writing these commandments on two tablets of stone and Moses is having to carry them down off the mountain? Well, then it was his own fault because he broke them and had to go back up the mountain, and God wrote him again for him. And he had to walk back down the mountain. I believe he said, I'm being a little careful with these. Put them inside the, tab- the, 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 uh, the tabernacle that's there, the Ark of the Covenant, and be able to carry them. But God's giving these laws, these commandments, to the nation of Israel, a nation that is set apart by God to be his people. You say, Pastor, you're emphasizing the S, but I also told you we're going to come over and see where this applies uh, to each and every one of us uh, today in 2023. So the first one given here, and we can go through and define terms uh, if we need to, and I thought that the two terms that people would need to be defined in this commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me, would be the word no. Because we always seem to say and practice and live, but this is the exception. So the same way we always have to define the word all, and all means all, guess what? No means none. It'd be good for our children to understand what no means. So parents, let's teach them. No means no. Okay, And so we understand that. And when the Bible says God is not given any exceptions whatsoever of saying, but this is okay over here if this little God is before Almighty God. Or what we say is important in our lives, God is saying, no. Thou shalt have no other gods. Now, I hope it's the same in yours. That word gods as that noun is a little g. That means he is not speaking of Jehovah God, God Almighty, but it is God Almighty who is doing the speaking here when he's looking at Moses and the nation of Israel saying, thou shalt have no other gods before me. You say, so what does that mean? Well, let's look at this. There's a reason that God is imposing this upon the nation of Israel. Now, turn back with me a couple pages, uh, Exodus chapter 15, if you would, just a couple pages back. Exodus chapter number 15, when God is preparing because he just said, I'm the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, I want you to see this in Exodus chapter 15 and verse number 16. When God's speaking about the redeeming of the nation of Israel here, he says in verse 16, Fear and dread shall fall upon them by the greatness of thine arm. That's talking to the Lord. They shall be as still as a stone. Look at this. Till thy people pass over, O Lord. Now, whose people are they? They're the Lord's people. Till thy people pass over, O Lord. Look at this. Till the people pass over, which thou hast purchased. Okay? So who do they belong to? They belong to the Lord. Why do they belong to the Lord? God purchased them. 
God delivered them. God brought them forth. Have you ever um, had something, and I'm not going to ask how many uh, men here have ever used, let's use this as an example, ever used a tape measure as a hammer? Okay, there's, there's more than one that's done that. And uh, because you've got 18 hammers, just when you need it for that little half-inch nail, because you need to put something in the wall, you can't find any of those hammers. They're all up in my dad's yard, probably buried out there somewhere, because I took them all from his garage. And he, he kept telling me, I can't wait till you get older and you have a son, takes your tools and you can't find them. He said, you know exactly. So we got that little half inch. I, I got to go at least a three-quarter inch nail because of how big my fingers are. And I, Okay, if, if it's shorter than that, then I'm just hitting my thumb here. And I'm like, well, I'll just use this metal tape measure. And it can use that. Now, listen, you know I have never dreamed about taking someone else's tape measure and using it as a hammer? I didn't buy that one. And I don't think anybody else, I've ever allowed anybody else to use my tape measure and use it as a hammer. You know why? I'd say, hey, that's not yours. Well, you just use it as a hammer. I bought it. And it's mine. That's what I'm doing. Now, God's looking at his people, and he's laying down these commandments. Now, what authority does God have? He's saying, I'm the one that purchased you. And I'm the one that purchased you. You're my people, have no other gods before me. I want you to see this also, Jeremiah 32. You don't have to turn over there, just write this, this reference down. Jeremiah chapter 32, how God spoke about his people. 32, verse number um, 37 says, Behold, I will gather them out of all countries, whither I have driven them in mine anger and in my fury and in great wrath, and I will bring them again unto this place, and I will cause them to dwell safely. Look at verse 38. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Do you understand God's desire for the nation of Israel as he's speaking here was that they would not have an earthly king but yet God would rule directly over them. That was God's desire for this people. That's why he purchased them. That's why he protected them and watched over them. Now, when God says, thou shalt have no other gods before me, that's the qualifications, that's the purpose. But I want you to see this desire. God has a desire for preeminence in their lives a desire for preeminence. That's why he's saying, listen, we're talking about an order of importance. Does he say you can't have any other gods? He doesn't say don't have anything else that's important to you. He said, I just don't want you to have any other gods before me. And so there's two ways here I believe that this application is made for the nation of Israel. One is positionally okay? Positionally, no other gods before him. And I believe this, when you put something else before God, we are actually obstructing our view of God. I believe that we're looking at something else instead of God. Now, that's not saying that God is this bigger idol here, and you put the smaller idol in front of it. No, Listen, 
We've already looked at it in Scripture. We looked at it that the God that we serve, that was that Paul preached in Acts chapter 17, he's not a God made out of gold and silver or stone fashioned by the hands, the imagination of man. That's not the God that we serve. But when you bring something in front of God, we are not seeing God for who he is. And most of the time going through life, I would say this, we have an obstructed view of God because of everything else. And God is desiring for us to be able to see him with a clear view. That's what happened, I believe. Things cleared out in Isaiah's life. And he said in Isaiah chapter 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up. Do you know what he had right there? An unobstructed uh, unobstructed view of God. And I thought, boy, what a difference it would make in our lives when God said to the nation of Israel, thou shalt have no other gods before me, allow nothing to come between you and God to obstruct your view of him. Now, it's not just positionally, but may I say this practically, thou shalt have no other gods before me. We wouldn't think of saying, I'm going to put this before God positionally. We wouldn't think of saying that, but practically every day in our lives, we allow something or someone else to be on the throne of our heart at times instead of God. Every one of us practically. You say, what do you mean? We're selfish people. Sometimes it's us sitting on the throne of our hearts. Can I say this? That my spouse, my wife, should not be sitting upon the throne of my heart in place of God. That re- our relationship will not be right if I put my wife or my children before God. God needs to be preeminent. And what God is saying here in chapter number 20, verse number three, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Don't place them. Now, they were living in a culture that, Honestly, by the end of this time is done, I made mention of it three weeks ago, they'd already made another God (laughs) to be able to put before Almighty God to lead them back to Israel. God comes down, I mean, Moses comes down and he conveys this message. God's already said, I'm the one that brought you out, but here you take another God, put him before me and want him to lead you back into it. And I thought, here we are in life, not positionally or practically every day of our lives, understanding that God's desire is to have preeminence in our lives. You say, well, pastor, I understand it with the nation of Israel. Here, God had delivered them from the nation of, from the nation of Egypt. God had brought them out. God led them by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. But then they, they didn't hear from God. They, they have Aaron fashion, that golden calf. And I appreciate it. I, I slipped up when I talked three, day, three weeks ago about that. I said that Moses ground up the Ten Commandments and sprinkled it on the water. He didn't do that. He ground up the calf and sprinkled it on the water and made them drink from the water. The very God that they set up in their life. Can I remind us over and over, and time would fail us today to go throughout the scriptures and be able to look at how many times a God was set up before God Almighty, and God said, I'll humble that God too. How many love the story 
of when the Ark of the Covenant was taken by the Philistines and they put it in storage there in the temple and here's Dagon and they, 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 put, the, they put the Ark of the Covenant in front of Dagon and, and this is bad, that they come in the next day and their, and, and their God Dagon has fallen down in front of the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. You know, it's pretty bad when you get up in the morning and you have to pick your God up. I'm thinking there's mornings I wake up and I'm saying, God, pick me up. <laughs> it's going to take a supernatural to get me out of bed. God, I need you to pick me up, not walk downstairs and say, oh, my God fell over. <laughs> so they lean him back up, come back the next day, and now, now he's broken all to pieces. <laughs> I'm thinking it's pretty bad when you have to try to put your God back together again. I think that was the first story of Humpty Dumpty. Anyway, that's prehistoric Humpty Dumpty. They couldn't put him back together again. All the king's soldiers, all the king's men. And listen, a false God not going to stand up before Almighty God. Not going to. And God saying, hey, would you learn your lesson? I'm not going to ask how many of us have had to been taught lessons of something as a God that we put in front of Almighty God and God's had to teach us a lesson and say, get that out of there. And I hope we've learned the lesson. I hope God's taught us something. You say, what does that apply to us today? Well, I'm glad you asked. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Do you understand that that truth is just as real today as it was 4,000 years ago? Do you understand we as a body of believers, the family of God, New Testament calls it the church, that we are purchased. We are people that have been bought and set apart for a specific purpose. You say, what do you mean? Well, let's look over in the New Testament and you'll see some of the parallels of the things that I've just read. We'll start with 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm over on page 1610 is where I turn to. Now we understand when we read in Exodus chapter 15, that it mentions that the nation of Israel, that they are a people that God hath purchased. We come here to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. He says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now understand, and I hope your Bible has it, there's an apostrophe S there, which means possession. That's not saying that you are a God. It means we belong to God, that we are his purchased possession, the same way that it is said about the nation of Israel, it is said about us as New Testament believers that have trusted Christ as our Savior, he has bought us. Now, for the sake of time, let me ask this, what did he purchase us with? His blood. The blood that the Lord Jesus Christ shed when he died on Calvary was the payment for me and for you. Now look at this. Turn over a couple pages. You're in 1 Corinthians, there's 2 Corinthians, and then Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. The book of Colossians chapter number 1. 
I'm on page 1669. I'll start on 1668. Verse number 12 says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. It's talking about Christ now, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Do you understand what's being said in verse number 18? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That in all things he might have the preeminence. What does preeminence mean? Top place, priority first. That's where Christ desires to be in our lives. May I remind us, it's not just a matter. You say, well, pastor, I wouldn't think of setting up an idol and bowing down and worshiping that. No, but we'll allow things in our lives to take the place of God on a regular basis. Instead of worshiping him, other things are more important. I'm asking the Lord that if we'd understand this, and so I don't want anything to come before the Lord. Now, does that mean, let me, let me just get practically so it's not over my head, it's not over your head. Does that mean 24 hours a day that we sit in the house or knee on our knees and we're reading our Bible and praying 24 hours a day because I don't want to eat because that's taking the place of me spending time in prayer? No, because actually in the Scriptures it says, whether therefore ye eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus in another place that it says. So he even says we have to do those things. But listen, he even said those things, make sure we're doing them to glorify him. You mean we could eat and put that in front of the Lord? I won't get on that subject matter this evening. That's never preached on in the, in the churches, is it? You mean we can do those simple things, everyday tasks? Yeah, can I tell you that there's times we can put a job in front of the Lord? Well, there's just sometimes I need to work on Sundays. Yes, but there's a difference between need and volunteer and want. There's a difference that's there. Hey, they get called in. I remember, and, and, and listen, he keeps great in touch. Brother Phil called me, Phil Chapman called me one Sunday morning. He said, I'm on my way. Listen, we had the snowstorm come through. They're without, they're without heat down here at the VA. I just got called in. I got to go to work and busted pipes all over the place. They're working there for the next several days. Hey, there's a difference instead of picking up the phone saying, hey, can you use me on Sunday? Why not give the Lord preeminence? We can put things in front of the Lord and not give the Lord the time that he has desired of us. He desires to be preeminent. We are a people, and I'll close with this. We are a people that are bought and supposed to be separated unto God. Let me just read these verses. You mark down the references, and you can look them up. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, 
Let's understand what the Bible says. It says in verse 14, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters. Who saying this? Saith the Lord Almighty. He desires preeminence in our lives. I believe it's just as true in 2023 as it was when God met with Moses on Mount Sinai, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And when we take things that are more important, 2 Peter chapter 2 says that we are a chosen people, we're a peculiar people, a chosen generation, we're supposed to be separate. I'm asking the Lord to be able to help us in this subject matter. You say, listen, that's just the first commandment. Boy, it seems like that's one of the hardest ones every day, isn't it? To look at yourself in the mirror, to look at myself in the mirror and say, get off the throne of my heart. That's God's seat. And for him to be preeminent. We manifest it like this, and you've heard me say it at least 10 times, I don't know what's out there in the parking lot on bump for bumper stickers, but if yours says God is my co-pilot, you got him in the wrong seat. I'd rather be back there and coach and just let God take care of it. On that note, I don't know what's out in the parking lot, so keep your kids with you. Don't let them run around the parking lot because cars are pulling out. Okay? <laughs> Let's be careful on that. I don't know what's out there. When I was growing up, boy, that was a big time, big time bumper sticker that was out there. God's my co-pilot. All spiritual, like they like they actually believe that. And if they did, they're in the wrong seat. I'm thinking seriously. You you just you're the pilot. God's co-pilot. That's disrespectful. Switch seats. Get out of it. Let God control it because I'm going to crash it if I'm in control. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. We could take the time look at Mark chapter 12 wonderful passage of scripture on our relationship with the Lord, okay? And so understanding. Now, I'm thinking about this, and I want to encourage you. It's, it's not going to be mandatory. It, it never is. But uh, I'm trying to think of what we could do if at the end of all of this, um, someone was able to quote all 10 in order of the Ten Commandments. Can anybody do that now? I'm going to take it as a personal challenge and commitment over the next few months as I'm teaching through this to be able to list all ten of them in order. And uh, we'll see what the Lord will do.